All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Presented by Botano, Nick Alberga, and Jay Rosehill back together for another summer quick hitter edition of Leafs Morning Take. Rosie, what's up, buddy? How are you? I'm good, man. I like these little summer quick hitters. Just bang them off at will. It's nice. It's smooth. I'm just uh, lets me golf freely. Yeah, we need a sponsor for that, by the way. So if anybody out there want to sponsor the quick hitter summer edition, at least one take, by all means, give us a shout and we'll try to figure things out. What have you been up to this summer aside from golf? Ah, we'll head into the lake, heading out to God's country, the cabin, as you would call it, the cottage, the cottage. though. We're going to the shoe swap a little bit, uh, playing some golf, playing with the kids, getting them outside, dirt biking, doing the farm stuff, building forts. My kids got lemonade stands going. They're swimming in money. It's uh, It's been good, man. Cannot complain about summer one little bit. Yeah, good to hear. I'm looking forward to heading out to Europe for a couple of weeks, uh, starting around uh, August 3rd, I think I leave. Looking forward to that. Obviously, the NHL offseason in full swing. There's lots happening. Although it's been eerily quiet the last couple of days, the last week or so, but this tends to happen in the NHL world. And it's like a week into this thing and I'm already bored, man. Like I'm watching the MLB all-star game last night. I'm like, this just doesn't hit the same, you know, it's just a bit different in terms of the feel of being a hockey fan as opposed to like any other sport. It is. I always know the the summers. Summers used to be when I would just be at home training and whatnot, and you'd have some more time on your hands than normal, but just sitting there flicking through sports and, watching sports center highlight shows and it's just like baseball highlights baseball highlights it, it gets a little bit drab but you got to get outside and do stuff but hockey is definitely not uh, gonna blow your hair back this time of year 
Yeah, that's exactly it. I've actually taken up ice cream eating this summer. I've just been eating a shit ton of ice cream. So next time we do the show in the fall, I'm going to be 800 pounds. No, I'm kidding. I move around quite a bit. It's been a lot of fun, a lot of softball, a lot of ice cream, a lot of food. So it's been great to decompress and look back at the year that was in terms of least morning take. First and foremost, I want to thank everybody. We had 4,000 subscribers the other day, man. That's pretty impressive, not to toot our own horns, but it's been kind of fun and interesting and cool to see the... Uh, the growth of our product in like eight, nine months here. So we want to thank everybody first. Leafs nation. Absolutely, man. They've got a passionate following. We knew that when we started that and, you know, we just had to get uh, my feet under me a little bit in the ways of the media and being in front of a camera and whatnot. And I had to hold your hand through a lot of times as well, but yeah. we're rocking and rolling. Yeah. It was like the first time I did a show with you without the, the kitty gloves on or anything. Like it was, uh, I was like, Oh boy, there might not be a second show yet. Here we are <laughs> in the middle of July. We're talking some puck. I want to alert all to, uh, to subscribe, uh, tap that like button, leave us a review wherever you're checking us out at the Leafs nation 401. Additionally, we're available wherever you find your podcast, just search Leafs morning take will pop up and we'll have these, uh, these episodes, these summer episodes on, uh, all summer long up on the uh, podcast network, wherever you uh, listen to us. So make sure to check that out. Also, don't forget to visit theleafsnation.com for the very latest on all things Toronto Maple Leafs. Periodically, I will post some stuff uh, on the website throughout the summer. And uh, we have a great team over there tracking the very latest on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Speaking of tracking, man, our guy, Ronnie Hervinen, uh, I, I feel for him. And uh, unsurprisingly here in 2023, it caused uh, quite the stir when the video of that hit comes out, I don't know if any of you out there have caught the hit um, in post-production, by the way, I will put the hit in the video when we put it out on YouTube, but he suffered a concussion uh, during a scrimmage at Leafs development camp, open ice hit delivered by Nolan Dillingham. What was your read on that? Ah, I mean, <laughs> I, <we> go. <laughs> I get, I, I'm actually not too partial to either side. I get both sides of it on one hand. Why are you hitting like that in a prospect camp with a guy who's like on your team, quote unquote. And on the other hand, which I lean towards more often, you can't start at the, the boards at the red line and just cut right to the middle of the offensive blue line. That's being patrolled by the D man with your head completely up your ass and just be completely shocked when you get hit. If you look at the defenseman, the way he hit him, he didn't do anything crazy. He stepped up. The reason it was so violent, the reason it led to a concussion is because of the way he came with his head down, absolutely unprepared for any part of body contact in a full contact sport. And I'm not blaming him specifically. It's, it's the way the game is played now. It's where these kids come from. It's what they think of and what they pay attention to growing up. And it's certainly not keeping their head up. You always used to hear that. Keep your head up. Keep your head up. It was on you to keep your head up. There's guys trying to hit you out there. Now it's like, you can't hit him. You can't hit him. You can't hit him. Well, why not? The guy puts himself in a terrible position. If he didn't have his head up his ass cutting through the middle, he'd be fine. He would have had to stand up a body check. Maybe he gets clipped, whatever. But that is, to me, a time where everyone is trying to stand out. You got a whole camp full of prospects. You're trying to impress the big boys upstairs. A big hit, a beautiful stretch pass, a nice 
nice goal, a nice dish, a huge level of compete, protecting the puck, coming out of the corner with the puck. That stuff all makes the guys upstairs elbow each other. Hey, how about that kid? Hey, how about that kid? And you can't expect everyone to be like, oh, we're all friends here. They're all trying to play in the NHL. They are not teammates at that point in time. They are adversaries trying to take each other's job. And I don't buy into the fact that all that, oh, they shouldn't hit, they're on the same team. They are not on the same team yet. Their life's goal is to be on the same team, and they're going to try to get there any way they can. I suppose playing the contrary into this whole debate, is something you do in development camp really going to put you over the top to go where you need to be or where you want to be and say that's the NHL? Like, I, I just think it's crazy. Although I will say I, I tend to side with you, unfortunately, where it's like, Everybody's enraged, but look, it's 2023. Last time I checked, you want to play to the best of your abilities. Last time I checked, and I have to check on a daily basis, uh, physical contact is still part of the sport. Hervin's head was down. He should know better, by the way. He he, he played uh, professionally overseas. I mean, this guy knows what's cooking. He's played in the World Jays. Like, I, I think, you know, he was just caught with his head down, and sometimes that does happen in hockey. It's unfortunate he suffered a concussion, but again, playing the contrarian, I just really wonder, whatever you do in this development camp, does it go a long way in, in deciding anything for your future? That's my wonder. Well, again, I don't want to see a kid laid out like that ever. I don't yeah. like it when guys are knocked out. You got these younger type of kids starting their career. We know more about head trauma than we did, you know, say 20 years ago. And to see a kid just KO'd where his arms are all stiff, I, I it's no good, man. I do not want that to happen. I would love to get that out of the game, but it's hit hockey. And if you put yourself in that vulnerable of a position, the chances of that go straight up. And it's not about the guy that hit him. To me, again, he's not out there head hunting, trying to kill everyone in prospect camp. A guy cuts to the middle. Yeah, you got the guy prospect camp, you know, Brendan Shanahan's going to show up and take a peek one day and then all the tempo goes right up. You can tell um, these things happen and guys are trying to to do things to stand out, to make you say, oh, who's that kid? Who'd he play for? And that doesn't mean that's what that kid was trying to do. But again, watch the defenseman. What he did was not insanely wild and crazy. Why the hell would you do that? The The reason it was such a big and dramatic and violent hit is from the puck carrier and the way he handled it and the way he had his head down that bad allowed that to be so violent. And again, if his head wasn't down like that, it wouldn't have been an issue that anyone's even talking about, but vulnerability and these guys put themselves in. And I question the league that he played in over in Europe. I don't know what one that is. I doubt anyone fucking hits like that ever at all, especially these days. So he's probably not used to that, but damn, you got to tell these kids, Hey, you can get crunched out here. So when you're carrying that puck and thinking about your next toe drag through the legs, you better make sure there's no one barreling down on you or you're going to get killed. Having minimal context, yeah, like that was my read on the situation too, is sort of a one-off. And again, last time I checked, there is a body checking, there's physical contact in the sport and the player, like nobody's going to let up, especially when you're trying to make a difference. And you've been in that position, as you referenced and mentioned, like you want to do anything possible to make a difference, right? And if that is, you know, laying out one of the top prospects, because Hervinen is widely perceived uh, perceived as one of the top prospects of this organization, that's how you send a message. I didn't think it was dirty. I didn't think it was ugly. I thought it was relatively clean. And um, I know there's a lot of unrest within the market just because of who the player was. Like if it was Joe Schmo, I don't think people would be talking about it, unfortunately. No, and I mean, that D-man didn't, uh, you know, it wasn't his choice who was coming down there. It happens exactly. quick. And I mean, I promise you, he's sitting there going, geez, man, like, why? He he got himself, like, in a bad spot there. Oh, that was 
Hervinen, goddamn it. Like it's he's not trying to hurt a guy. Again, it wasn't the hit the hitter's fault that all that happened. It's the hitties. And whoever doesn't really get that probably hasn't played at a high level. But when you get crunched like that, there's times where I've hit guys, especially back in like the 06, 07 era where you're running around just trying to kill guys. There's no such thing as a headshot. Um, there's times where I, you know what happens quick, guy cuts the middle, ugh, you're right in his lane. Here we go. Boom. And I think to myself, why did you do that? Like, I wasn't trying to kill you. I wasn't trying to headhunt. You kind of came right in at the worst spot. And not, what am I going to jump out of the way? <laughs> See you later. Last day on that team, right? You hit the guy. You have to. It's hit hockey. And sometimes I, I'll hit a kid hard and I go, wow, why did you put yourself in that position? I wasn't trying to, 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 to put that big of a hit down. You just came right into it because you were clueless to the situation. And unfortunately, that happens too. Again, it's a concussion. He's going to be fine. He'll be back. Hopefully learn a lesson. Wow, this is North American hockey, not the end of the world. Although, yeah, you would like guys to stop putting themselves in that position and stop being hit that way because it's no fun seeing a young kid on his back lost consciousness. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Yeah, the last concussion I saw for the Leafs, or was it a concussion? Matt Murray, remember when he was hit over? And that's the last time we saw Matt Murray in a, uh, a Maple Leafs uniform because we think something's going to happen. Let's steer over to the conversation about the, the crease. First and foremost, uh, Ilya Samsonov's arbitration date is set for July 21st, so we're certainly tracking that. One way or another, I think a resolution is coming. I almost wonder if him filing for arbitration was more of a favor to the Leafs, opening up the buyout window for Matt Murray, giving them options. But nonetheless, we will get sort of a, a resolution to this process in the next week or so here, Rosie. I think it was, and I think that's why everyone's talking about, you know, the Willie Nylander situation a hell of a lot more than they are about uh, about Ilya because he's going to get signed. They're going to qualify him. It's it's not going to be a big deal. And again, there's more reason to, you know, for the whole organization. He is their goalie. He is going to be their goalie. And he has reason to do them a favor or say, yeah, this is in our best interest. So, okay, I'll file, I'll file for ARB. They probably already know what the number is. They might even have already not even need the arbitrator. And you know what I mean? It, it's, yeah. it, it's again, it's, it's a, what do you call it? It's um, it's a strategic move, I think. And I think that's why there's not a ton of like heat on it or worry or anything like that. I think Ilya is going to be their starting goalie. I think he's going to get paid properly. It's not going to be crazy qualifying offer. I, I think it's just a strategic move. 
27, 10, and 5 last year, 2, 3, 3, 9, 1, 9. Pretty much his first year as a number one goaltender, at least in the second half of the season. I don't know about you. I still have my reservations going more than like three years in a contract. I don't know if you feel differently about that. I mean, he's relatively still unproven in terms of a number one at the NHL level in terms of that market. Could only wonder what that number is going to be. But I don't know, man. I don't know if I'd go more than three to four years with this guy. Uh, I don't really want to go more than three to four years with hardly anybody, man. Like a lot Steve changes. Eisenman, pretty much. You're Steve Eisenman. Yeah. What's that? You're Steve Eisenman, pretty much. That's that's. Yeah, I guess. Maybe. Yeah. Um, I just don't like trying to predict the future. This guy's going to be our guy in four years time. Who the knows what your team's going to look like? Who knows what this kid's going to look like? Um, you know, if if you give him two years and he proves himself and he's the greatest goalie to ever wear the Maple Leaf, well, shit, yeah. you're going to get paid, young man. Absolutely. And if you're not and and you don't have it and you break down and, and you flounder and you don't have what it takes and you you have some bad seasons or you're riddled with injuries, well, guess what? You're, you know, the, you're not going to be, the Leafs aren't going to be forced to have you being their goalie anymore. And that's just how it works. And I like the three-year deal. That's a nice round number. I think the kid can fill his, the shoes that time. Sky's the limit for what he can become. And if he's not, you know, they're not tied to him forever. So I, I agree with that. And I'm curious on what numbers they're even talking about as far as term. I'm almost selfishly wanting him to take a two-year deal. It's been a theme here in the off season because we expect the cap yeah. up to, to start going up uh, starting next summer. And, you know, two years to put this team in a good position. Of course, we have seen yeah. that trend here from Brad Tree living in, in the off season, going short with these uh, free agent contracts or whatever they would be. And that's why I wanted to prove it one more season, at least one more year to prove that he can be that full-fledged number one. Cause it was like half a season, man. And then you have Joseph wall coming from behind. Like there's just so many moving factors that I'm not sure I want to commit long-term and that's taking nothing away. Like I firmly believe in Ilya Samsonov. I firmly believe in the potential, in the potential tandem they have here with Joseph wall. I just want a guy like Samsonov to prove it a bit more, but I can only wonder being a fly in the wall in terms of discussions and conversations, what that number looks like, what the term looks like. There's got to be so many moving parts, but I'm with you. Like, I think they have a ballpark in mind. I think both sides are pretty confident they're going to figure something out here. Yeah, and I think you touched on it before, which is in the Leafs' favor, is a lot of people are taking short deals because of the cap potentially going up and, and whatnot. So they're not going to be holding out saying, absolutely not, I need five years or... I'm going to do that, blah, blah. It's like, no, 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 that's fine with me because it works for both sides. I like that a lot. Um, the only way you could get screwed is by doing a two-year deal and then he's, you know, absolutely phenomenal and you got to pay him a monster ticket that you wouldn't have had to if you did him five years. But if that's what happens, then you're already happy. The guy has turned out to be a monster and he commands X amount of dollars. Great, you have a phenomenal goalie and then you do want to lock him up. So... I, I love that. I, I kind of assume it will be three or under. I don't see why either side would want to go to five. Um, but stranger things have happened. I guess we'll wait and see. That's probably the only thing I'm really curious about when they when they do this deal is maybe term. What's this going to look like? Yeah, my guess is mid threes or above. I, I just think you look at the market. You look at what other guys have received. And I just can't see a world. And I've been wrong before. I just can't see a world where it's under three and a half mil. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, that's a nice spot for a goalie. If he's going to be the goalie and the starting goalie, then that's where he should be. It doesn't eat up a ton. We're not talking about $11 million here, yeah. you know, and I, I'm all, I, especially in free agency, we were doing that DFO show and looking at what the goalies were getting. And it's like, you only have one goalie. Your season oftenly, often is made or, or broken by your goaltender. 
Um, they can steal you a game any day of the week. They can steal a series. They can lose it and lose a game or a series. Like they're so important. I'm surprised some of the high end goalies and there's only, you know, 32 of them in the whole league, you know, three, $4 million. I'm surprised they're not up at like seven and 8 million for like a real good goalie. Cause they're so sought after, but just the way the market works and to get Elias Hampson up, if he's going to be our number one at three and a half rock and roll. It's such a volatile position, man. I think that's why, and that's your answer right there. There's select company who are making that good chunk of coin, even what's happening right now with Connor Hellebuck. Like, it sounds like he wants Vasilevsky money or around there, and I'm not sure anybody's prepared to pay him that, given how volatile the position is, but the irony that Connor Hellebuck is like an Iron Man in this league in terms of how many games he plays and uh, just how solid he is, and he's always in there, and, and that should stand for something in this day and age. That's why it didn't shock me at all to see the news from the New York Post and Larry Brooks linking the Leafs to 38-year-old netminder Brian Elliott, who, by the way, is from Newmarket. Uh, 22 appearances last season with Tampa, 3.40, 891. He's at an 890 or, or less in three of the past four seasons. I actually don't mind it for a variety of reasons. I think if the Leafs are looking at a veteran, um, number one, the most important, I think you need some insulation and you need some depth at that position. We've seen this time and time again. You know, I covered this team quite a bit during the pandemic and was their radio host. They had like 17 different goalies. It was insane. Michael Hutchinson kept appearing in the NHL. Like it was nuts to me. So I think at the very least, you need a, a decent option at number three. Eric Schalgren's gone. Hutchinson's no longer with the organization. Like you need somebody to come in. God forbid there's an injury to one of your top two guys. So I actually don't mean, I don't mind it. I think it, it means at the very least they're looking around here. Yeah, for what he would probably cost, it's probably, you know, not going to be a big deal. If it were to take place of a deal that could get done, you know, with skating, you know, defensemen, for example, then of course not. If he needed a million point eight or something like that, then I'd say absolutely not. You're just going to get yourself in another um, position, which we're in with Matt Murray, you know, an older guy who's not really bringing anything to the table, who you're stuck with, who's hurt all the time, like, fuck, not interested in that. But it depends on what their plan is with Joseph Wall. Do they want, I see them kind of being a tandem switch hitting, you know, the pipes this year with a little bit more going towards Sammy, depending on what kind of workload he likes. I think it, it helps that they can both, you know, get their feet under them. They can both ride hot streaks. Neither one of them has to grind and grind through, you know, a bit of a cold streak. You can go work on your game and it's not like you got yanked because you are both supposed to be kind of sharing the crease. Neither one of them has that huge spotlight that everyone struggles with in Toronto where you're the goalie, you're the goalie, you're the goalie. You know, at the same time, you're taking some miles off Samson, Samson off. So come playoff time, you know, injuries aren't an, an issue. You get wall, a whole bunch of experience, let him, you know, be in the pipes, be part of the Maple Leafs organization, a goaltender, which again, has so much spotlight and pressure on it without being like, Oh my God, I'm the number one. I'm going to, you know, crush, get crushed under this pressure. And you can really, you know, lots of different reasons, lots of positives to move things around as far as injuries and miles and everything else. I, that's what I pictured. So then to bring in Elliot, like, what are we doing? Are we talking about the Marley's goalie or are we just talking about like a supplement guy? If somebody does get hurt, I'm fine with that. We've seen that happen last year and, and needed to, to have a guy that's capable. That's fine with me. But my mind definitely just has Wall and Samsonov switch hitting this season being the guys. 
I'll just say this. What you expect normally doesn't happen, especially yeah. when it comes to young goalies. Um, we're in love, obviously, with Joseph Wall on this show. We had him on a couple months back. If you want to go check that out on our YouTube channel, please do so. But, I mean, you have to be honest in saying this guy's had 11 games of NHL experience and then some yeah. in the Stanley Cup playoffs, right? It's a small sample size. Very rarely have I noticed, and you played in this league, me covering it for the last 12 years, very rarely is the progression of a young goalie linear, whereas like there's going to be some turbulence, there's going to be some stumbling blocks, taking nothing away from Joseph Wall. like I think this guy is the real deal. But at the very least, I have no issue with somebody to push him along, if that makes sense. If they have an agreement with a veteran like Brian Elliott saying, hey, this is Wall's job, but like force him, you know, you know, get him going. Um, and I think at the very least to have Elliot, if he agrees to it, be your guy in the Marlies. And I think the one thing we've learned from this league in the last five years, two goalies isn't going to cut it. We started this conversation with saying that you need at least three, maybe four. There, there's going to be injuries, man. So like if you're Brian Elliott and you're 38 and you're saying there's no real opportunities out there at the NHL level right now, I think you almost have to take a look, take a peek at a situation like this one, knowing the position in this day and age. Yeah, that's very true. Um, the last thing you want to do is just have an empty basket when you need to like, you know, win 10 games or you're battling for, you know, top position in the division and a goalie goes down and then the other one, you know what I mean? I've also seen it where you sign an older goaltender or oh, he'll help out the young guys and blah, blah. And it's like his last kick at the can last hurrah. And he's just on the training table the whole friggin' <laughs> year. You can rely on him. Zero percent. He's just took a freebie contract and said, thanks for the cash before I, you know, hit the golf course for the rest of my life. It's like, but, but at the end of the day, if that happens, are you that hurt? Are you that uh, out of pocket? Not really. He's not going to cost you a lot. And, and the chances are he's going to put in some minutes for you, help these young guys out. I have, I have no, you know, inside information about what Brian Elliott's like, as far as being a professional, um, his work ethic, his uh, attitude towards the goalie coaches and X, Y, Z, but he's been in the league a long time. He's been in prominent roles. You got to think the guy knows what he's doing and can do nothing but help these younger goalies uh, develop. So, you know, hearing your side of the story makes sense to, Hey, if you can wrap this guy up for $800,000 or whatever yeah. the league minimum is, and he's, he knows that he's either going to be on the Marlies or up and he just gets the deal and gets the gig. And he's there to help the the two prospects or the two big boys, I guess you'd call them now. Um, then rock and roll, go get him. Bottom line, internal competition is good. So we'll leave it at that again. Uh, remind all to subscribe to our YouTube page at the Leafs Nation 401. We're also available wherever you find your podcast. Just search Leafs Warning Take. Uh, any last takes, Rosie, before we wrap for today? Not yet, man. Want to see what happens? This Nylander, I just keep seeing the same old beat the dead horse all over the, the feeds and the news thing. Well, Nylander, Nylander, like, fuck me. They're <laughs> far apart. No one's pulling a trigger right now. It seems to be kind of dead. But again, to, to leave the show the way we finished, it's that time of year. Not a whole hell of a lot going on. So it's just nice to catch up every once in a while and see what is happening. Yeah, I don't expect much of a resolution on Nylander front for a while. I would not be shocked if they enter the season. There's no new contract. Again, we learned a lot from the last time around, and we learned a lot from Michael Nylander when he played in the NHL. So for Jay Rosehill, I'm Nick Alberga. Thanks so much for listening and watching. Take care.